This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reed Financial, Chris Herline. Good day, everybody. Chris Herline here, host of Wealth Radio, every Saturday, 11 a.m. Thank you for making us part of your morning. Phone lines just opened up, 512-836-0590. You can text me your retirement questions today, whether it's IRAs, 401ks, Social Security, investment, tax strategies, and more. Let's talk, 512-836-0590. You can also email me, chris at wealthradio.com. That's chris at wealthradio.com. I'll do my best today to get to your text questions and more. Got a lot of updates for you as we're here in 2024 and, you know, when you think about your retirement accounts and how much you're putting into things, you know, it doesn't happen by chance. It happens with purpose and proactive planning. So as we get in today, I want to update you on opportunities when it comes to your retirement plan changes. Now, if you've got a 403B, a 401k, a 457, maybe you work for the government, you have a TSP, every year, they set these contribution limits, and here in 2024, these contributions have gone up quite a bit. And if you're under 50, you can do up to $23,000. That's 23K here in 2024. And so when I say things don't happen by chance, they're not just going to increase it for you. If you want to save for your future retirement, you need to go to HR, the plan administrator, and have them update that for you. Have them increase that payroll deduction. Now, you know, you can go 23,000 to the traditional portion of your plan. And if you're a little more tax savvy, you may look at doing some or all to the Roth 401k, Roth 403b portion. It doesn't have to be all or nothing though. I mean, you can do a portion of it to the traditional, try to get some tax deduction or do all of it to the Roth and forego the tax deduction today for forever tax-free down the road. Now, if you're listening and you're over 50, now this is where the government says, listen, you know, you may have kids off payroll. You may be in your highest earning years in your 50s, your, your 60s. It's time for you to really stockpile and you can do what's called a catch-up contribution in these 401ks, 403bs. Catch-up contribution for 2024, get it? It's $7,500. That means if you're over 50, you could be maxing out, putting in $30,500 to your uh, your 401ks, to your 403bs. And like I said earlier, that portion can go to the tra traditional accounts. It can go to the Roth portion. It's your choice. And also an update, something very exciting because they, they up until 2024, you haven't been able to do this. But if your employer is making contributions for you, like an employer match, something to that extent, their contributions can now go towards the Roth portion of your 401k or 403b. Prior to 2024, their contribution, your employer match, had to go to the traditional pre-tax. Today, it can go to the no-tax, the Roth portion. And again, that's not going to happen by accident. So consider where you're putting your money, how much you're saving. If you got a pay raise going into this year, just increase your contribution by your pay raise, whatever percentage amount that is. It's so small, you won't feel it, you don't see it, you don't spend it. But also, 
a little known strategy when it comes to these 401ks, 403bs that you have as many employer plans, they offer what's called after-tax contributions. If your plan allows for this, believe it or not, it can allow you to put in a substantial amount of money, very substantial. And you may say, well, Chris, why, why would I want to put more money in my 401k plan, particularly if it's a non-deductible contribution, like, you know, I want a tax break. Well, this is a strategy that allows individuals to potentially do what I call a mega Roth conversion down the road. And so let's say you're contributing 30500 to your 401k this year, getting a tax deduction, and you want to put in an additional $38,500. Why that $38,500? Because the maximum amount here in 2024 you can put into your plan if the if the plan administrator allows it is 69,000. Okay? So the strategy here is to put in the additional 38,500 if you're over 50 and that money can be invested obviously like your 401k but down the road you can convert the after-tax basis into a Roth IRA. So it allows you to really front load. And for those of you that have discretionary income, you may really want to consider this after-tax contribution so that you can really build a foundation walking into retirement and do a Roth or what I call a mega Roth conversion. So take a look at that. There are tax implications. Consult with the CPA but that's a big one that's often overlooked. Many many of our listeners, you may not be aware of that. So, you know, the 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 simple one out there is the the IRA. A lot of you have an IRA outside of your employer plan, and um, those contribution limits have been increased to seven thousand dollars. So, if you're uh, under fifty, you can do up to seven thousand now to this traditional IRA or Roth IRA. Uh, there are some income limits for those of you high earners on the Roth IRA, so consult with the CPA. But that's an increase from uh, 2023 now here to 2024. Now the IRA catch-up limit stayed the same. So you're, if you're if you're over 50, it will remain at a thousand. So that means if you're over 50, you could do eight thousand uh, dollars on the year for your traditional IRAs, Roth IRAs. And and keep in mind that we've got a lot of listeners where. You may be a sole earner or your spouse is a sole earner. You're not working. Maybe you're already retired. If you have enough income, your spouse has enough income to justify it, you can do what's called a spousal IRA contribution. A lot of people don't think that they can contribute to an IRA if they're not employed. But if you have a spouse that's employed and has enough income to justify putting in the max or whatever amount they put in up to that seven or eight thousand dollar limit you can do that and you know that can give you a tax deduction in the year for you and the spousal contribution uh if you're doing a roth obviously you're not going to get a tax deduction however it's well you know it's going to forever grow tax-free so that's not a bad deal so consider that now some other retirement plan changes that we've seen here in 2024 is social security now with social security uh, most of you that are on it, you understand you get a, a cost of living adjustment, right? And, and they take a look at inflation on the year and they say, okay, we're going to increase your benefit by X. 
Well, 2023 was an amazing year for an increase. Obviously, we had record inflation, uh, the fastest rising inflation we'd ever seen in 40 years. And uh, Social Security recipients got over an 8% increase. That's massive. Now, Medicare was up 5 to 7, so <laughs> it was pretty much eaten up there. But just an update for those of you that have maybe gotten your first or second check here in 2024, um, Social Security increased benefits by 3.2%, which seems kind of low. You know, you, you, you think about goods, cost of services, it feels like stuff was higher than that uh, walking into 2024. But, you know, we'll take it. And historically, 3.2% is still much higher than what we've seen over the last decade or two. So be aware of that increase. Uh, Medicare did increase over 5%. For 2024. So again, if you're having your social security taxes taken out, if you're having your Medicare premiums taken out of that social security check, you're probably not going to see much of an increase at all. But again, as you're planning with your uh, analysis, your numbers, your advisor, you know, make sure you're accounting for that 3.2% increase. Now, there's something I've talked about for years. It's called qualified charitable distributions. And this is uh, allowing those of you that are over 70 and a half, if, you, if you've got RMDs or maybe you're not of RMD age yet, but you are over 70 and a half, um, the first dollars you need to be giving are from your IRAs and through, through what's called a charitable distribution. And, and that's my opinion, of course, but it's because if you take the income from your IRAs, it's going to show up on the bottom line. If you do a qualified charitable distribution, a QCD, the money will be outside of your Schedule A that's given to one or multiple charities. And um, the reason I'm bringing this up for 2024, because the maximum up until the beginning of this year was $100,000. That was the max you could give from your IRA via a QCD. Um, now, I know that seems significant. A lot of you may not be considering giving that much, but believe it or not, we've got families that do. And we've seen an increase for 2024 from 100,000 to now 105,000. So a small increase there when you're talking about six figures of uh, charitable giving. But again, that's what we do here on Wealth Radio. We want to make sure that you're well educated and you know how to optimize everything that is coming at you. So take account of what you're saving now. Consider can you. Uh, increase your contributions for 2024. And if you can, go and do so. And like I said, to recap, that employer match can now go to the Roth 401k, Roth 403b portion, which is a huge improvement. That was not allowed up until 2024. Uh, so make sure that, uh, you know, if your plan allows it, you are taking that into consideration. And then, like I said earlier, these after-tax contributions, up to $69,000, uh, that's big. That's a lot of money that you could be socking away in your 401k if your 401k plan allows it. Uh, what what I find is that the majority of larger employer plans out there, it, it is an option. And if you're in your 50s, you're in your higher earning years, this is a really good way to set yourself up for a mega Roth conversion come retirement. That'll be a sweet day. There's no doubt about it. Um, you know, we talk a lot about different strategies on this program every single Saturday, 11 a.m., and I want you to get your hands on my updated 10 Retirement Tips Guide. 
Go to reapfinancial.com right now. That's R-E-A-P financial.com. We got it updated for 2024. You can download it right there, instant download, uh, right off our, our, our homepage there. Go to reapfinancial.com. It's of uh, no cost. To all of our Wealth Radio listeners, you can join me today. I'm going to get to uh, some text questions that are coming in here. 512-836-0590 to join me. We'll be right back. This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reap Financial, Chris Herline. Welcome back. Chris Herline here of Reap Financial, host of Wealth Radio, Every Saturday here at 11. Thanks for making this part of your morning. You can join me, 512-836-0590. Text me your questions, or you can email me, chris at wealthradio.com. Lots to cover today. I was just updating our listeners um, about some major retirement plan changes for 2024. We just covered that in the first segment. But, you know, we often get questions around, you know, what are the biggest pitfalls that you see retirees fall into? What what are some of the greatest challenges, Chris, that your successful families at Reap Financial face? And, you know, there's many, many out there, but what I thought we'd do in our segment here is let me talk to you about the five most common ways that retirement plans fall apart. It's just some, some really powerful insight. If you're taking some notes, uh, these are the things that you really want to take account on. Now, when I think about Retirement plans, uh, a lot of people, they, they, they've they got this kind of arbitrary number, right? It's like, how much should I save? How much do I need? How much is going to be in these retirement accounts to, to make sure that I'm comfortable, that I can pull the trigger, okay? And, and what I just talked about is very common. You're saving for an arbitrary number. It could be $3 million, could be $6 million, could be a half million. Um, but how do you know? The bottom line is that it's not about the amount that you've saved, okay? It's about the amount that you need to spend to maintain your standard of living. So the first most common way that a retirement plan will fall apart and can fall apart very quickly is not having a budget. And nobody wants to live on a budget. I get it. Particularly when you're working, most of you didn't, most of you working aren't. You pay your credit cards off every month. I get it. And you kind of know the parameters to stay in. But when you retire, folks, you have to have a budget. And this is why one of the first things we do with our successful retirees is we walk you through our retirement income checklist. And I want you, if you don't have a budget right now in retirement, or if you're three to five years out and you don't really have kind of these guidelines, get your hands on this. Email me right now, retire at reapfinancial.com, and I'm going to send you a copy of my retirement income checklist. And this will really lay things out as to how to get things in order. And this isn't some stringent budget. This is something that is going to have food and fun and travel and all the stuff built in. And it's amazing when you get through this exercise, a lot of times families are like, I had no idea I spend this much money in this area. But the power of knowing is the power of having success in retirement. So that's the first most common way that I see a plan fall apart. Here's another big one. It's taking Social Security at the wrong time. 
It may surprise you, but the majority of Americans, they take Social Security at 62. That's, that's a true stat. The majority take it at 62. And it's surprising to me because, it, you know, people are working longer. It, there's no doubt about it. We're living longer. People are working longer. And statistically, baby boomers, they don't have much saved. Um, so there's a lot of people playing catch up. But if you take your Social Security benefits at face value, just looking at your statement, you could be missing a lot. And the reason is, well, there's many reasons. Let's talk about them. First, there's earnings caps. When you aren't full retirement age and you take Social Security, like 62, 65, if you haven't hit your full retirement age and you're making over $20,000 and change, this is where the earnings cap kicks in. And the problem with the earnings cap is it's not like you're getting your Social Security check and you're working, you've got that paycheck, and they just notify you right away that you're making over. No, 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 no. What happens is you... Let's say January, you turn on your Social Security, you're making over the earnings cap limit, and then you get to the end of the year, you start getting ready to file your taxes. File your taxes April 15th of next year. Maybe a few months later, you're going to get a letter from Social Security that says, hey, we notice that you're making more than the earnings limit. And once you start making more than the earnings limit, they're going to take $1 away in Social Security benefits for every $2 you make over the limit. So if you're making 50, 60, 70,000, 100,000 plus, you can see how quickly your social security will be whittled down. And here's what happens. They give you two choices. They say, okay, well, you can either cut us a check right now for every dollar that we paid you over the last tax cycle. Now that's a hard check to write, right? I mean, you, this, is, this is your money coming out of the government's bank Money, you've been paid in for 30, maybe 30, 40 years. Okay, it's a hard check to write. Or if you can't afford to do that, they'll gladly stop your Social Security check and you won't receive anything until it's recouped. But that begs the question, why did the individual take it in the first place? Likely because they needed it. For those people that are already retired at 62 or before your full retirement age, as long as you're making under the earnings limit, there's no penalty. But the, the earnings limit is so low, you need to be mindful of that. Here's another reason. Okay, for most Americans, Social Security is your greatest asset. For many baby boomers, the amount of, of Social Security you'll receive over your 30, 40-year retirement career, it'll make your 401k look like chump change. Not all of you, particularly the ones that have done a great job of saving. But here's my point. This is your money. And it's so critical that you have a strategy to wring every nickel out of your benefits, particularly if you're married. If you're married, you've got more options. If you're divorced, believe it or not, you even have more options than those that are married. As a single filer, you, you don't have as many options. But here's the thing. For years, we've talked about different social security strategies on this program and a lot of those lucrative strategies are gone. However, there are still ways to maximize, particularly for married couples. We can do what's called voluntary suspension strategies. Um, there's ways to uh, maybe ladder your income. Maybe one spouse is deferring, one spouse is 
uh, got it on. And then when they hit full retirement age, the other spouse turns theirs, the other spouse starts deferring that had theirs on. So there are many ways. And this is one of the things we do at Reap Financial. Within our first visit, we can identify that optimal time for you to take your social security benefits. So don't take your benefits at face value. And here's the third reason I say this. When you see that number on your social security statement that you're going to receive, you know, they, they, they're helping us out now. They break it down. It used to just be a big number on the right-hand side. Today, it's, yeah, here's, here's what it'll be at 62, 63, 64, and beyond. That is not necessarily the number you're going to get, okay? Here's why. You're going to get on Medicare A. You have to get on Medicare A to even have a social security payment, okay? Medicare A doesn't cost anything. That's good news. But then you're going to get on Medicare B. And most people elect to have that amount taken out of their check. You're going to get on Medicare D. You're going to have to pay for that. Then are you going to get a Medicare supplemental plan? Medicare Advantage? Well, that'll be money that's coming out of your bank account to supplement there. Oh, yeah, and then we got the taxes. And the majority of you listening right now, 85% of your benefit will be taxed at your marginal bracket. Not, not an 85% tax, but the majority of you, the majority of Americans, a lot of them don't even know that they are being taxed on Social Security. So when you look at that number and you start planning for you know, your income plan, this is how much I think I'm going to have coming in. This is how much I'm going to have to take out on my retirement accounts to make that number every month. The number on your social security statement, that's the gross number, but it's about the net. So taking social security at the wrong time, taking it without being truly informed of how much you're actually going to see hit your bank account is critical for the long-term success of your retirement. Okay, we got through that one. That was a big one. Now let's talk about another common way a retirement plan falls apart. You'd be shocked, but most retirees really consider relocating for multiple reasons. One, they want to be closer to the grandkids or the kids. They want to move closer to them. I get it. You want to be close to family. You want to you know, utilize all this new time that you have to invest in your grandkids, etc. You know, the other thing that we see is people just you don't need the size of the house you once did. The, the kids are off payroll and you don't want to manage that size of a house. You don't want to manage the taxes that come along with it. God knows that here in Central Texas, you got your house paid off. It's like having a mortgage still when you get that tax bill and, you know, end of the year. So that's another core reason. Some other reasons is you got a ton of equity tied up in bricks and mortar of your home. You got tons of money tied up in, in equity. It's time to cash in a bit, right? Time to look at maybe stockpiling some of that for your future retirement. So there's a number of reasons. But here's a kicker, relocating to a particular state may drastically increase or decrease your cost of living. If you move to a state that's got lower property taxes, that could obviously increase the lifestyle or the length of your retirement accounts, the money you're spending. Now, listen, if you move to a state, though, that has state income tax. This is one that can be just like, you totally overlook it, okay? Because remember, when you take money out of your IRAs, 401ks here in Texas, you gotta pay federal tax, but you're not paying the state. But when you take money out in states that have state income tax, 
they're getting their cut. When you get your social security check, they're getting their cut. When you want to do conversions from your IRAs to Roth IRAs, guess what? They're getting their cut. So these are things that can take a kind of a, a, a sneaky toll on your retirement plans. I ran a analysis for one of our great clients that was considering moving to the Northwest recently. And what we're able to do is look at what his retirement balances are doing 10 years, 20, and 30 years out. And when we adjusted his plan for state income tax, and remember, every state is typically going to be different, but when we adjusted his plan, we did a comparison of him staying in Texas, keeping his homestead here, versus moving homesteading in the Northwest. By homesteading in the Northwest, he had less money at the end of life. Guess how much less? Over $150,000 less. Over 150 grand less because of state income taxes. Now, he's fine to do that. His plan withstood this change and he was still going to leave plenty of money to the kids, but here's the point. 150 grand plus is a lot of money. And you need to consider if moving to a state that has state income taxes could put your plan in jeopardy. Now, here's the last one, and a lot of you aren't going to want to hear this pitfall, but it's helping loved ones. I've got three kids of my own, and you want to tee them up for success. And a lot of you have helped your kids through college, maybe helped them get their first car, helped them with their wedding, helped them get on their feet. But when you're retired, there's only so much money. And if you're having to help uh, grown children uh, older grandchildren, you know, 200, 300, 500 bucks a month, that can really add up quick. And generally when you're helping, uh, it, it continues for some time. And oftentimes they come back, come back asking for even more. So you, if you, if you have a heart to do that, that's fine, but you need to have that built into your, your budget. You need to have that built into your plan. I want you to get your hands on my retirement income planning checklist. Email me right now, retirereapfinancial.com, where I'm talking about the most common ways retirement plans fall apart. And I want you to be able to check this list as to what you need to be doing to ensure a successful retirement, including getting yourself a well-coordinated budget. Email me right now, retireatreapfinancial.com. Got a lot more for you. On the other side of the news break, I'm going to take some text questions. Keep it right here. Chris Herline. I'll be right back. This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reap Financial, Chris Herline. All right. Well, we welcome you back. I'm Chris Herline of Reap Financial, host of Wealth Radio here on News Radio KLBJ for over a decade. It's great to be with you. I want to encourage you right now to text your retirement questions. In today's uh, segment here, I'm going to let you drive the agenda. So hit me now at 512-836-0590. Email me, chris at wealthradio.com. Let's dive in here. I've got several I want to address here. We got Don had texted me here. He says, Chris, if I'm in a 20 to 25% tax bracket and expect to be in the same bracket in retirement, is it still advisable to convert to Roth? So, Don, that's a great question from the standpoint that you know, you're in control of how much you convert if you so do it. And, and the, way, the way I look at it is, 
you know, with Roths, people have misconceptions. They think that they are held to some age limit or income limit. And that's not true when it comes to conversions. I, I have a, a client that in the last couple of years, they, they converted in a single year um, over $2 million. And that's a, that's a large number to consider converting. But the reason I bring that up is because, Don, they, they may be in a similar situation as you. They are in a tax bracket in retirement that is very high already because they've got a lot of guaranteed income through multiple pensions, through Social Security. And so they looked at their situation. We helped them obviously analyze you know, different options and said, listen, if I'm in the same tax bracket right now that I'm gonna be for the rest of my retirement, why not just get this conversion done in one year? And that way we can get this money recouping the price of admission, the taxes to get in the Roth. And if this thing grows at seven, eight percent in the next 10 years, we'll have easily recouped and more. Now, that's an extreme example, Don. But for our listeners here, what you do is you look at what your current tax bracket is, whether you're working or not. What is your bracket today? And could you be in a lower tax bracket down the road? If you're working and you're planning on retiring in the next couple of years, let's say, and you're in a 37% tax bracket under today's tax law, and you've done some work and realized that, hey, I may be in a 22 or 24% bracket in two years when the paycheck goes away. In that case, you may want to consider holding off on the conversion. If you're in a 22, 24% tax bracket right now, and let's say you've got $30,000, dollars $50,000 of headroom in your bracket that let's say you could convert, you know, a few extra, you know, let's call it 20, 30, 40 grand uh, and still stay in the same tax bracket. What we call that is optimizing your tax bracket. You're maxing out the current bracket you're in to try to get some money in the Roth while you may still be working um, and, you know, do that over several years. And, you know, you've got, you know, a good foundation of Roth. Now, this is where I, I want to take this because there is a golden opportunity that may not be here in 2026. Okay, 2024 here, we're in an election year. And right now, the tax rates, you know this if you listened, they haven't been this low in 40 years. They're set to sunset. They're going to go up walking into 2026. Let me give you an example of this golden opportunity I'm talking about. Prior to these changes, back in 2017, these tax law changes, these bracket shifts, you converted call it $200,000. And for the average person in a moderate tax bracket, you probably pay around $56,000 in taxes on a $200,000 conversion. Under today's tax brackets, tax rates, that same person using that same bracket that's now decreased by about 3% because of that bracket shift that same $200,000 conversion would cost around $44,000. Okay? 
That's nearly a 20% discount. And the brackets are set to sunset and go back up in 2026. So I, I always challenge our listeners, our clients, as to what are you doing right now with this historically low tax bracket period? I, I, I'm reminded of, um, you know, a couple of years ago when interest rates were as low as many of us will ever see in our lifetime. You could buy a house for 2.8%. Um, I mean, a lot of you, you were paying 12, 14% for your first house, and then you were refinancing decades later at 2.8%. Um, you could buy a second home for 4 to 5%. You could buy a car and get a 0% interest. You know, t- today, two years later, fast forward, you're buying your house at 6 to 8%. Your car is being financed at 6 to 8%. The days of free money are over. And I just, I bring that up. That That, that is a perfect example as to how I think we will look back in history and say, why didn't I do more conversion when taxes were at historic lows? Now, depending on the outcome of the election, that could be extended, and it very well may not be extended, no matter who wins. It may go up, depending on who wins. We don't know. But Don, you know, the, the, the pure answer to your question is if you're going to be in the same tax bracket in retirement as you are today, then it may make sense for you to start doing some conversions today under these historically low rates so that you don't look back and realize, why didn't I do more? Now, just I have to say this. Every time you convert, it creates taxable income. And that taxable income can increase your bracket. It can increase how much more your Social Security you're giving away. It can increase your Medicare premiums. So you don't do this haphazardly. Do this strategically. Visit with one of my fiduciary advisors at REAP Financial. We can help you identify how much you need to convert to Roth. Because most of you, you don't need to convert everything. You can identify through our analysis how much it's going to cost you to convert and most importantly, how much you're going to save. Not just for you, but over two generations, your beneficiaries. It's incredible when you can see the numbers in black and white. So Don, again, not knowing your entire situation, um, you know, you want to convert or consult with somebody before the conversion, but it sounds to me like you may be a candidate to look at taking advantage of some of that here in 2024. I appreciate that question. Uh, let's see here. Let's go to Keith. He says, I'm 63. Um, can you explain how the look back period works when it comes to my Medicare premiums? So, um, Keith, if, if you're 63, um, you're, you're two years from your Medicare age. And, um, you know, I don't know if you're going to get on Medicare at 65 or you'll stay on the employer plan, but let's just assume that you are. Um, this, this will apply probably primarily to a lot of our listeners. Um, your Medicare premiums are going to be dictated by your income. It's not by your net worth. And um, these premiums, they start relatively low and they, they go up quickly. And um, what they're doing is they're taking a look at your income, your, your 1040, two years back. So the income you're making at 63 here in 2024, 64 in 2025, and then assuming you get on Medicare at 65, um, 
these incomes that you're making now and next year are going to um, dictate how much you pay. That's a true statement. But here is a strategy, or it's it's really it's it's not even that exotic, but it's something that I, I you know I I don't see a lot of even CPAs using this, and it's called what's it's called the SSA forty four. It's a it's a simple document. It's called the SSA forty four form, and this can save you a lot of money. This can save you a lot of time, and let's say that you're um, sixty four. And you're 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 still working. You're in your highest earning years, and then you're going to get on Medicare at 65. Well, remember, like like uh, Keith brought up, you're you're going to have your your premiums dictated by your income. So this SSA 44 form is something you file along with your tax return. You do it in the year you're about to go on Medicare, and um, there's eight exceptions for uh, an increase in premium. And it could be, you know, disability, it can be a number of different things, but the one that applies to most people, it's called work stoppage. It's kind of their bureaucratic name for the uh, retirement. And what you're doing is you're notifying through this form, the Medicare Association that, um, yeah, I had a high income this past year, but it's because I was working and walking into this next year, I'm not going to be working. I'm, I'm going to be retiring and my income is going to drop dramatically. And by doing this, they can, in most cases, give you a once in a lifetime exception around that income. If you don't file it, they don't know that you retired. And it's not that you can't try to appeal it. But as I said, it can save you a lot of money and it can save you a lot of time trying to go through the appeals process. So this is uh, something that's very simple. Uh, it applies to a lot of people that are working, going on Medicare, whether you're 65 or 69. Um, the year that you're going on to Medicare, or the following year, let's say, uh, and you got income above the income limits, you know, talk to your CPA or your, your advisor about how this form can really benefit you. So thank you for that, Keith. That's That was a good one that we haven't talked about in a long time. Uh, I'm going to go to one more, Irene. Uh, does your money continue growing in a Roth IRA? Irene, <laughs> I love that question because so many people, they think that your, your Roth is it's an investment. They think, hey, I love the stocks or the mutual funds or whatever you hold in your IRAs, and I don't want to get rid of that. I, I really like it. Um, you know, and if I go to a Roth, I, I don't know how it's going to grow. It, it's not an investment. Your Roth is a tax designation that's going to be tied to your investments. So if you've got ABC stock in uh, your traditional IRAs, ABC mutual funds in a 401k, you can convert those stocks those mutual funds, in some cases, not every case in the mutual in the four hundred and one k, that gets a little bit more complex. But your IRAs, in most cases, you can go kind to kind, so you don't even have to sell the investment. You don't have to get rid of it. It's not like you have to liquidate and then move cash and then rebuy it. You can convert the shares of what you hold. So the answer, Irene, is absolutely. 
your Roth can grow. And in, in many cases, it may make sense for you to have your most aggressive allocations, investments in the Roth, because that present, that prevents or um, presents, I should say, the best growth potential, the best, best tax-free growth. So if you're considering, we've had a lot of Roth questions here today in this segment, but if you've got Roth questions, more questions than answers, get your hands on my Roth decision guide. It's at no cost for our Wealth Radio listeners. Email me right now, chris at wealthradio.com. I'll send you a copy direct to your inbox, chris at wealthradio.com, and just put Roth decision in the subject line, and my team will have that on its way to your inbox top of next week. I'm going to take a quick break here. We'll be right back. This is Wealth Radio, 10 years now on KLBJ. Here's author, wealth manager, and CEO of Reed Financial, Chris Herline. Welcome back. Chris Herline here of Reap Financial. I'm going to go straight to the phone lines here in our last segment. Um, you can actually submit yours to me right now, too. I'll see if I got time. 512-836-0590. Or you can email me that, chris at wealthradio.com. That's, uh, that's the one that uh, Gary had just emailed me. He says, in lieu of a pension, is converting part of your IRA into an annuity a good strategy? Um Gary, there's a lot of different types of annuities out there. And you think just back uh, back a decade ago, 10, 12 years ago, 80% of annuity sales were in variable annuities, 80%. And they were sold by banks and brokers and advisors. And um, what's so interesting is today, here in 2024, and this is largely in part to these dramatic interest rate increases we've seen, 20% of annuity sales are variable annuities. Not 80, it's 20. And 80% of annuities are indexed annuities with many of which they have income riders. And so like the annuity landscape has changed dramatically in the last literally 24 months because of the interest rate environment. Um, Fixed rate annuities today are paying... 6% 6% plus for three, in some cases, five years, which is more competitive than a bank CD. And those fixed rate are just set for steady and stable growth. I mean, there, there's no income component on these. But what Gary's talking about is, I mean, he said in lieu of a pension is, does it make sense to move some of your IRA or Gary, maybe any of your retirement funds, whether it's brokerage, cash, IRA, 401k into an annuity. And it depends on your situation. Um, What we find is generally the higher the net worth you are, potentially you may not need annuity income because your portfolio is of a size that it can generate even conservatively the income you need. But for a large majority of Americans, they like the idea of having um, steady, stable, guaranteed income for them and their spouse. And, you know, depending on how much you put into the annuity, obviously is going to dictate what the income will be. Your age uh, has a lot to do with that as well. Um, How long you defer the annuity can have an impact on that. So what we find is that if you're a candidate for annuity income, you really need to identify how much income you need Number two, how much it's going to cost, how much money you're going to need to put into that to get that income. And this is very important. No more than that. 
A lot of families consider annuities because they can provide safety, stability, but they don't provide a lot of liquidity. And so you want to be careful not to overfund an annuity. You want to put enough in to get the income you need and no more. Another thing that people consider is you may have an employer that you've, you're, you've been grandfathered into, let's say, a pension plan and you're getting close to retirement and you've got two options. You can turn on the pension from the employer, which essentially is an immediate annuity, um, or you can take it as a lump sum. And a lot of families that consult with REIT Financial, they come in for this specific reason. They say, does it make sense to take the lump sum? And, and I'm going to tell you, this is one of the most important financial decisions in your life. Um, because if you don't do this right, you could be leaving tens, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table. Um, in many cases, it doesn't make sense to take the lump sum. It just depends on how long you've been employed. It depends on how much in that is in that account. And every employer seems to be different, particularly government employers. Um, in, in many government place, uh, cases, it, it doesn't make sense to take it. But let me give you some reasons some people do. Um, one is control of the money. If you are going to take a pension from the employer and you pass away early, typically your children aren't going to get anything. Your spouse may get something if you took survivorship on it, but once you and your spouse are gone, typically the money's gone. So if you get hit by the bus a few years in, it may have made sense to take it. But if your payout's not going to be as strong or as large, if you were to move it to a public annuity, go buy one, that may be a bad decision as well. Under today's rate environment, what we're seeing is that more and more families that have had annuities for years in deferral that may be considering taking them here in 2024, turning the income on in the years to come, what we're seeing is something we haven't seen in literally 15 years. And it's that because interest rates have gone up, payout rates have gone up, cap rates have gone up, participation rates have gone up in these annuities, and we're able to get some families a greater income with a new contract under today's rates than the one that has been in deferral for we'll call it five, seven, 10 years. We are proactively reaching out to families, our clients at Reap Financial right now, to ensure that if there is a better or higher income option for them under today's interest rates, we are locking it in before interest rates go down. Because when interest rates start going down, and they very well could this year, we may see these payout rates go down. If you have an annuity, um, and you've been deferring it for some time and you're planning on um, turning it on as an income stream down the road, you need an annuity x-ray. You need to contact my office. You can reach out to me, 512-249-7300, or email me, chris at wealthradio.com, and I'll have my team reach out to you and schedule you a 20-minute annuity x-ray. You don't even have to come into the office for this, but we can virtually consult with you on what you have and under today's rates, could you replace it and get a better lifetime income? And it's a very simple process. One of two things is going to happen. We're going to analyze the contract and we're going to come back and we're going to say one of two things. One, you may have a great contract. Be secure in what you have. Be confident in what you have. And this is going to be the best move for you just to keep it and let it cook and do its thing. We may also come back and say, hey, there could be a better strategy 
and this is how much more income it could generate, but either way, you're gonna have a terrific consulting experience. Email me right now, if you have an indexed annuity, a variable annuity, a contract you're planning on turning on income on, there's never been a better time in the last decade to get a second opinion on this. Email me, chris at wealthradio.com or call my office, 512-249-7300. I thank all of our loyal listeners for tuning in with, with me over a decade here on Wealth Radio. I'm here with you every Saturday, 11 a.m., taking your retirement questions and more. We'll look forward to talking to you next week.